Hey there, it's Dallas Travers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. This show is dedicated to helping you build a coaching business you're truly proud of. My guest today is Brenna McGowan, who is an expert at launching. More specifically, Brenna's an expert at pre-launching, and she's on a mission to set coaches up for less stress and more income every time they launch because they've laid the groundwork way before the launch itself. So by leveraging her pre-launch and anticipation marketing strategies, Brenna's clients have seen a 50% plus revenue growth in their launches without all the frenzy and chaos they used to feel whenever they launched. Brenna also helps her students inside the pre-launch plan program create strategic pre-launch plans that have raked in hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue. So during this episode, Brenna and I talk all things pre-launching, and I'm excited to let you in on this conversation. For me, the biggest benefit of this episode is for those coaches who don't actually launch. Your pre-launch plan can and probably should really be your ongoing marketing plan. So Brenna and I talk about that a bit during the episode, plus we also discuss the specific benefits of a pre-launch, the nuts and bolts that create a successful pre-launch, the big differences between pre-launch and launch content, and the importance of building anticipation for your audience. Brenna really knows her stuff, and I'm so happy she came to spill the tea on the show today. Let's dig in now with Brenna McGowan. Hi, Brenna. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we've kind of been in each other's universe on the periphery at first and then Instagram friends for what feels like forever. So I'm very grateful that you're on the show and I'm excited for today's topic. So am I. I love it. Well, it's what I do, but it truly is my favorite topic uh, in online business. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what it is. So you are a pre-launch expert. And before we dig into any nitty gritty, I think we should set the stage and define what it means to pre-launch and how a pre-launch is different or how it supports an actual launch. So I'm going to hand you the mic there so you can fill everybody in. Yes. So a pre-launch, the way that I think about it, it is typically the time period before you actually launch. I like about six weeks, but it depends on the strategy behind. Like, what are you selling? Obviously, if you're selling a $27 product, you probably don't need six weeks of full pre-launch. But it's just a time period before you actually put an offer in front of someone where you give them a little bit of a heads up and help prep them that you are going to be selling to them in the future. Great. Okay. So if, uh, just for simplicity's sake, let's just use a webinar launch as the framework for our conversation. So what I understand here is if I'm going to launch the Hive with a webinar about six weeks before I begin my launch promo, so my launch window tends to be about 10 to 14 days. So six weeks before that, I start planting seeds that doors are opening and maybe planting seeds around the problem that the program I'm launching solves just to get people excited for opening day. Is that accurate? Yes. So and cool. not only just 
talking about the problem, which of course is important, but really thinking through the objections that people are going to have, the you know myths that they might be, be believing about themselves, about what you offer, really taking the time to show them the transformation, what is possible for them on the other side. So it's setting the stage so that when you do have that webinar, people are fully prepped, not only to possibly buy from you, but also mentally and internally that this is the product that they want to buy. Got it. Yes. It's almost like they're showing up. It's sort of like Black Friday back in the day. Now Black Friday is two weeks long and I don't know what it is exactly. But when I was a kid, my oldest sister would come and stay the night at our house and she and my mom would nap on Thanksgiving so that they could go to Mervyn's. I don't even know if that store exists anymore. Do you know Mervyn's? I know Mervyn's, but I, I'm pretty sure they're they're debunked now. They're but yes, back in the, yes, back in the day, I was a Mervyn shopper. Brenna. <laughs> so they would be at Mervyn's at midnight when doors opened. And it was like, I call it appointment-based marketing, but they were showing up with their money in hand, their list of what they wanted, like there were no objections to overcome. They were showing up ready to buy. So with a pre-launch, it kind of gets people excited and like you said, prepared to invest when your program actually opens. Yes. And this is something that's used in the retail market. Yeah. You know, Apple is a great example. Every time they have an iPhone, you don't find out about an iPhone the day it drops. You are getting emails ahead of time. This is also like the fashion industry. I always talk about fashion week in the fall. You know, everyone's in New York City. Well, those clothes aren't coming out into the spring. They're getting you really, really excited. Or as simple as when you're watching a movie in a movie theater and they're putting those trailers in front of you. Uh, movies, if I remember correctly, they start showing trailers four months ahead of time before the movie yeah. ever comes out. You're already excited and ready to go. So it's yeah. that same concept. And I started to notice in online business that people really aren't using this, you know, using anticipation properly. And it's really a missed opportunity. And especially in the market that we're in right now with, you know, with so many people coming into online business and, you know, we keep hearing that people aren't spending as much and budgets are tight and all of these things together, people have been burned with, you know, taking online mm -hmm. programs and courses. They're more hesitant than ever. So it really gives you this opportunity to deal with some of those natural objections as well, not to mention time objections. We're all as busy as ever, right. right? Fitting in another program, a course, a membership, whatever it is, is sometimes, you know, a difficult process just because we truly don't have time. So it's setting the stage and using those, some of those concepts that I talked about with other industries and how can we apply that and use them to our advantage. So you mentioned anticipation marketing. Can you give us, and maybe it's from a launch that you've done, can you give us a concrete example of what anticipation marketing looks like in practice? I'll give you an example of my own. The very first time I decided, very kind of a meta example, I launched my own program, the pre-launch plan program. I set out to do a pre-launch. I had helped yeah. private clients and I really spent time building up anticipation, making some offers early for the people that were ready to take me up on it. And I was able to sell out the first round of that program completely in pre-launch. So it's just that people were excited for the opportunity and the way that I talked to them. And what I really love about anticipation too 
is that we are taking so much time to know our ideal client so well. So Mm -hmm. this isn't just like another marketing hack or tactic. This is spending a lot of time getting so familiar with our person and having ample time to speak to them before we put the offer in front of them. And to me, anticipation marketing is what I've developed. And that's the core of this. I am really looking at how can we create a lot of space for us as business owners where we don't feel that pressure, that like launch pressure, that stress, right? How can we take the stress off of us in the sales process while also creating an environment where our best customers can make the best buying decision for them? Okay. So if we looked at the pillars, that's my word, of anticipation marketing, I heard two. One is spaciousness. Yes. So that when we're, our whole business doesn't rely on these 10 days that we're in a launch. So spaciousness for us. The other thing you said was taking the time to really understand who our ideal client is. And then I guess the third thing is allowing that ideal client first giving them the opportunity and allowing them the time to make an informed decision rather than signing up because the cart close email just hit their inbox. On that last point that you said, that was one of the things that, quite honestly, when I set out and started, you know, when I started helping the initial clients with this process, what I kept hearing was like, oh, I'm getting on sales calls and people are, they're ready to buy. Or I have called in such great clients and customers during this round of my particular program. And that's because these people really, like we talked about, had that spaciousness to actually be able to make that good buying decision and not. I always say that the more empathy that you have, the less urgency and scarcity that you need. And that is truly how I feel when we lean into that customer and client and give them a lot of space and we're creating a really empathetic environment for our sales process. And when I say empathetic too, I truly believe in selling. I just want to sell to the right person at the right time. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, for me, empathetic is just meeting someone with understanding. So that goes to the first point of taking the time to get to know your target audience. So what can you share a practice that you have in place to really understand your ideal client? Yes. So before any copy is written, before any strategy is done, whether I'm working with someone privately or mm-hmm. people are going through my program, we are doing a ton of voice of customer research. We are really taking the time to get on a Zoom call and ask questions, to jump on Voxer and have conversations, to send a survey out to our audience so we can understand them better. So th- at the base of all of this is a ton of research that we do ahead of time. The beautiful part, though, is when you do voice of customer research, as you know, it just makes everything easier, right? Like it helps. Yeah. It's like your messaging becomes aligned. You're talking to the right people. People are responding to your emails or to your social media posts because you're, they feel like you're in their head. So that is really what's at the core of this is like, let's do all of our research up front and really take the time to do it and, and not rely on just chat GPT or, you know, something like that at this point in the game, let's take time to actually talk to people and, you know, talk to our audience. And when we do that, we can build a really strong strategy. And then we can go and write amazing copy that speaks to them. And not only that too, is looking at our past data, like what has really worked for us in the past? What have people responded to and what hasn't? So then we can spend time when we do get to strategy, doing the things that we already know that worked. I think what happens 
with launching sometimes is that we are looking to other people to tell us a strategy or what we should do. And we Mm -hmm. feel like we have to do tons of Instagram posts or send out tons of emails or whatever it is. It's like, no, let's like settle in and look, where is our audience? Where are we getting the most response? And how can we lean more into the voice of customer and then the data we're already seeing in our business? And I know you're a big data person as well. So... Oh, you're just like singing my song here. I love this conversation so much. So two things. I, so I want to ask two things. I'll ask the first one and then I'm going to jot the second one down so I don't forget. So if a lot of our listeners are newer in business, some of them have never formally launched a program. So I want to create some context for them. Folks, even if the thing you're launching is two open spots on your private coaching roster, This pre-launch, this anticipation marketing, understanding the voice of your customer, everything that Brenna is talking about will make finding those clients like so easy breezy for you. So this applies whether you're thinking about a big webinar launch or even for client attraction. But I'm just curious because I get this question a lot inside the hive. If I am newer in business and I don't have a huge track record to look to refer back to and say like, oh, what has worked and what hasn't, what's a way that I can start to make informed or confident decisions about a a pre-launch strategy? Well, first of all, I think marketing is experimentation. And yeah, right. In public. Like, in public. Fun? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it really, really is a lot of fun. So you know, there's always nuance. And even when you think you know, sometimes you don't know. So I think the first of all is give yourself permission to experiment and see like what is going to work. You know, can I send out an email? What kind of replies am I getting? If I'm posting something on stories, is there something that big people are, I'm getting more reactions. Half the time it's just taking the time to be aware. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to say when it comes to data in general, I am like data light because I think this is probably the hardest area. I love the voice of customer and I love all that. Like the data part where I have to like sit down and document, not always my favorite. I've I've become much better, but simply just being aware and starting to take notice of what people are leaning into and what people aren't. But as I say this out loud, there's so Mm. many times that People are watching and they we just don't know. Even if I look at the last launch that I personally did, I was looking at my data. I was going through it with my assistant and it was like, gosh, some of these people have been on my email list for two years and I've never heard from them. And they bought, you know, basically almost with even just a little bit of prompting behind. Or I had people that had been on my email list for a bit and bought like just sight unseen. So I also want to keep that, keep in mind, I talk about this so much is like keep going and to, once you know your voice of customer and you feel secure in your messaging, it will make you more confident during the quiet times. Because I talk even mm. during pre-launch or launch, there is just natural times where people are seem really into you. And there's other times where it is quiet. And to have to know that, no, this is, I know that I'm on the right track. I know that my messaging is intact. I know I've done the customer research so I can get through the quiet times, even when it feels like no one is listening. Yeah, I hear you there. And I think for newer coaches, it's important to take the pressure off and just remember that we are in this for the long haul. So especially when you're doing something new, I think it's so important to do fewer new things at a time so that we can actually be able to pinpoint what worked and what didn't work. 
The other thing that you said that I think is so valuable is to set yourself up to track, I'm using air quotes here for our listeners, to track results all the time. Even if you're posting on Instagram once a week, you can, with intention, look for the type of content that people respond to. So whether you've launched or not before, you're getting information. It's just about, like you said, Brenna, leaning in and understanding what that information means and how to use it when you're pre-launching or launching. Definitely. Okay. So we've talked about this timeline. A pre-launch is about six weeks out. You mentioned, so we've got anticipation marketing and the benefits of that is spaciousness. We really get to know our audience. We give our ideal buyers plenty of time to make an informed buying decision. And there's one other point on that that I want to make too, is that you get to tell a lot of stories during this time. Like when I, when you get to launch, it's more like, okay, do you want to buy my thing? Here's some of the features, right? Yes. We're talking about benefits during launch, but during this time, this is the other thing that you can build a lot of personal connection by using a lot of story. And that's the other reason why I just love pre-launching so much is because yes, you're taking the pressure off, but you're able to tell these fun, meaningful stories that help shift the way people think when we're able to tell stories right? We're, we get into the subconscious mind. So that is the other part here is that this, yes, we're dealing with pain points and objections and all of these things, but we're thinking about how can we tell these really meaningful stories in the meantime so that we are not, people aren't just reading an email and moving on because we've given them information. We're, they're sticking with us because we're able to tell like really, you know, I have fun stories or quirky stories, you know, our why I talk a lot about like why we do what we do stories, our values, our missions. You're able to start sharing that on a deeper level to prep people before your launch. Right. This takes, so you mentioned it, but this takes a different, another kind of pressure off the launch. Now I don't have to tick so many boxes when I'm launching. I don't have to try to build trust and sell you my thing. I've spent time building trust be- ahead of time. That's so smart. Yes. And that is a huge part. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning, especially in this market. I'm never a person that's like, you should do this, right? I, I see mm-hmm. a lot of nuance in business, but I believe that this is going to become more and more of a must have as time goes on, just because of the fact that people, you know, they've been through programs and they're so busy, like building that trust up ahead of time is really huge. Can you give our listeners a couple of concrete tips around this goes back to our the beginning of our conversation when we talked about anticipation marketing. You mentioned just now telling stories and help them get in the right buying mindset. But earlier you also mentioned, I'm not going to get the words right, Brenna, but making announcements and even inviting people in early. Can you take our listeners through what that part of a pre-launch looks like? Absolutely. So this is something I actually, when I started off, I was a social media manager. So I spent a lot of time in content and then I found myself in copy. And to me, a pre-launch is this like beautiful merger of like the content side and the copywriting side, right? Like we're, we're providing content in the respect that it's not a direct sales argument or sale, you know, we're not sending out something to actually sell, but we are in a way, right? So we're using our content to do this. So I do something what's called the double CTA in a lot of cases. And the double CT, I know it breaks like copywriting rules, like 101, which is in copywriting, you're supposed to send out one CTA for everything that you send out. 
I do it a little bit differently during pre-launch and I start to use what I would call asides. So I may write a, an email that is all about the pain point the person is going through. And then at the end, I might do a PS that, you know, maybe I ask them to reply to me and say, Hey, have you had this experience before? Because that's the other beautiful part of a pre-launch. You're able to really start having these one-on-one conversations with people where they don't feel the pressure, like you're trying to sell to them as well. Yeah. So, and then what you can do is like send a PS like, Hey, if this is something you've been feeling, I have something that's going to be coming up. The doors are going to be opening to my program, or this just happens to be uh, the exact topic I'm going to be talking about in my webinar or my masterclass or my five day challenge, whatever type of launch event that you're doing. So you're starting to make little asides. You can also with the double CTA method. For example, you know, sometimes I will be on a podcast interview and I will want someone to listen to a podcast interview, which deepens the relationship. So maybe my email is all about listening to this new podcast interview that I have come out, which would be one CTA. But in the second CTA, I can say, hey, if you love the topic of what I'm talking about, this anticipation marketing, the doors are going to be opening September 10th. Mark your calendars now. Or I can even, and this is what I show people how to do, is say, if you're interested and you want some information about it now, hit reply. And I do this, my clients have done this, and this is how they start to pre-sell spots, is that we are starting conversations ahead of time, which therefore, you know, my interpretation here is that because this person isn't feeling like, oh, I'm getting, I have to get on a 20 minute sales call. And I, I'm mm-hmm. nervous to like where I'm able just to ask some simple questions about the program and get a response without having that goes back to like that pressure part. So yeah. that is how I'm thinking of ways where I'm drawing people in with my content, but letting them know whether in the body, whatever I'm doing and, or being able to give them an opportunity to have a conversation conversation with me. The other beautiful part as while you're doing this too, is because you're doing a longer form content, we're able to tie in a lot of social proof into this process as well, right? Where we can talk about the type of results we're getting during these. I have, you know, what I call like my perfect email formula, which is like, how can we like also sprinkle in social proof as we're talking, telling these stories. So all of a sudden here, you're, they're not only building trust with you, they're starting to see that you're an authority in what you do. They're getting to know you better. They're seeing some of the proof guidelines. And it starts once again to get them ready for when you actually say, do you want to buy this or not? Yeah, that's you're reminding me of two things. So inside the hive, the hive members, like listen up, this is gonna sound very familiar. So I talk often about the importance of narration as a coaching skill. It's also really valuable as a sales skill. And this is what you're talking about here. So you're actually narrating the fact that in September, doors are going to be open. And if you want information, you can have it. But I will let you know about the program in September. And so what that does in a coaching model is create a container of safety for the client. And in safety, we feel able to trust. So you're just really describing the power of narration when you're selling. And then the other thing you're describing so beautifully is what I call seeding. So inside of our course, the Foolproof Webinar Formula, 
we just plant little seeds for the offer throughout the webinar. And the goal really is that by the time you get to the offer, people are screaming, (laughs) right? They're in the chat saying, can you please give me the link for this program? Like you've done such a good job of setting it up that when you shift to the invitation, it really feels like an invitation instead of a pitch. And so what you've done here so brilliantly is taken that concept and just stretched it out over a period of time, not to create extra work for us as marketers, but actually to create less effort when it comes time to enroll because people have so much room to breathe into being ready. Yeah. And I love what what you said, because that is one of my objections, which people hear six weeks, five weeks, you want me to do this? And it's like, well, you're already putting out content. Let's be a little bit more intentional about our content. And if for some reason we have an off week, it doesn't burn our launch to the ground, right? We've relied so heavily in the past on that webinar and that seven-day period. And then what happens if we're not feeling it? What happens if our kids get super sick? You know, what happens if I had this exact, the very first webinar I ever did I'm not joking. The power, I live in California, so it doesn't rain here. There was not storming during the middle of the summer. My power went out and booted me completely out of my own webinar. Thank God my (laughs) assistant was on. And so it didn't like shut it down. But like, and then I had a technical problem after that, like that I thought was tested. And I was like, this is what I feel like it was like God being like, I'm going to give you a little lesson of like what it's going to look like for everyone. I'm like, this is why we pre-launch because yes. when my tech stuff wasn't working and people couldn't buy, I got booted out of zoom on this like random power outage. Like I was able to be like, nope, I have, I've done the work and you know, it's going to be okay. And I think that's the other thing here. It's just like, there's so much pressure during a launch. And yeah. personally, I know it's just, it's, too much for me to handle. When I have that breathing space during those weeks, it helps ease my mind and it helps switch my energy so that I get, now I'm not perfect. I'm a bit of a high strung person anyway, like, but it does help to like, like be like, okay, nope, I got this. I know I have people interested. I know I've done the work and all of a sudden it doesn't feel like disastrous. Totally. Like, what a different vibe to go into webinar number one, already having half a quarter, two spots, whatever that number is, already having people invested in the program. Like, what a confidence boost when you go into your launch. Well, I need to create a graphic with this because you know, people, uh-huh. I've had people sell anywhere from 20 to 50% of their spots ahead of time. And what happens is when you start to sell and get people interested too, before your doors open, it creates this like natural confidence in you because people yeah. are buying. And it also creates a bit of social proof to your audience because you can already say people are already in, people have already taken advantage of this, which gets more people to buy, which boosts your confidence. And it becomes this cyclical thing that really helps not only build the momentum in launch, but it helps build your internal momentum. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45-second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, 
the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom-built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. I had a similar experience of what you're describing with a recent Hive launch. So the Hive first launched in December of 2019. And I have not launched it since. <laughs> so, okay, that's not a smart move. But basically, this is a program, it's a year long. And so my mindset is you need to decide when the time to join is right for you, not when I say the cart closes. But you know what? I swung kind of too far in that direction because we did a webinar launch and it was extremely successful. And I'll tell you, 90% of the people who applied and joined the Hive said to me, I've been wondering when you were going to open the doors, like a version of that. And I thought to myself, oh, but the doors are always open. Like, what do you mean? But they needed an invitation. So I've just spent the last like two and a half years in a pre-launch. <laughs> which is not recommended everyone, but in a pre-launch, but it made enrollment so easy. And I think we 5X'd our goal wow. for enrollment, but it was because that beautiful combination came into effect. Everything you're talking about here, about the importance of nurturing and giving folks spaciousness and setting them up to be ready to invest. But there is also value in that appointment-based marketing, a clear time to take something off of someone's list, like off the bottom of the list and move it to the top of the list. And that was the experience I had with our most recent launch. Yeah, so I like note to self launch more than once every three years. <laughs> and that's something too, people will say, well, I'm evergreen. It's having these natural sales period. We have as humans, if you think about it, we all have like this natural like build up and there's like ebbs and flows, right? So when you can kind of ebb people into, okay, this is like a specific enrollment period and it's not... No, for you, I think this is a great example. It's not, no, you're never going to be able to join again. I'm just setting out a really intentional invitation for those people that do need it because we are yeah. humans. Sometimes we need that prompting sometimes. And also, sometimes we are running specific cohorts where people have to get in a certain yeah. time. And that's the other reason why I love this process is because for me right now, I run in specific cohorts. But I want to give people a lot of time. Like I'm already making little, little tiny drops of like next ones are happening in September, right? I'm already just starting to seed in, as you said, like letting people know that's coming up so that when it does come time to sell and I do have a specific enrollment period of seven days, I feel like I've given everyone a lot of fair warning that I am going to be selling to you a whole bunch. <laughs> yes. And get ready because this is something you've said that you've that you're in need of. Yes. Okay. So I want to go back to anticipation marketing. I'm creating a little checklist here. So the content in pre-launch is designed to help overcome folks' objections to buying, provide social proof. Those are two things that you've already mentioned. The third one I heard was tell stories so that you can build trust and affinity. Yes. people. Are there any other objectives that we want to aim for in our pre-launch content? Yes. I really work at 
people feeling seen during this time. So, you know, I talk mm. a lot about like empathy over education. Like this is not a time to be giving people a lot of how to, this is a time for people to really feel like you see them and that you are leaning into where they're at. This is also a time to demonstrate your authority. I talk about in pre-launch, I was just talking to the students inside my program about this. Like you cannot be shy behind your expertise behind that. Mm. And the reason why, and I, this was something that was really hard for me when I started business because you know, I've always thought you have to be really humble, right? You have to, and I've realized, okay, now we need to do what I, you know, the humble brag, which is really step into your authority as the expert. And the reason why you can do that is that it's offset by the fact that you have that credibility, those, that social proof, those results. So to me, if you're someone who feels like, oh, I'm a little nervous to kind of step into that, remember the results, how you've helped people, how people need you, especially as, you know, coaches, like people need you in their lives. So to me, it offsets that like, a little, you know, nervousness, if you will, about really stepping into that. The other thing I talk about is really also uh, using your personality to your advantage. Mm. Like, and that's where the all these things kind of blend together because you're telling stories, but you can tell these personal stories where people are getting to know you. And this can be, you know, our mutual friend Marisa Corcoran. I think of her when I first met her, and she talked about how much she loved. A and E's Pride and Prejudice. So now I'm gonna eat, you know, I'm gonna date myself because it was like a 90s miniseries. And I was like, oh my gosh, you love Pride and Prejudice? Like, I love you. Like, and, and that's how we just started, ended up talking. And then I ended up buying from her, right? So there's all of these things that we can use, these little like advantages, if you will, like the personality and leaning into that. While at the same time, we're helping people feel seen, while we are helping shift beliefs. While we are over, not necessarily overcoming objections, but definitely walking people through the objections that they that they have, mm-hmm. and showing them what's possible on the other side and future pacing them. So I blend those together during a pre-launch. So once again, it becomes this like these natural conversations that are. And if you think about everything I just said, pain points, objections, these are things that are usually done on a sales page. So in some yes. ways, like you said, you're taking a lot of the sales arguments, if you will, and pulling them over into this extended period of time. I'm going to ask a question here. What's the number one objection or concern your ideal client has around investing in your program? I'll share mine too. But I think part of it is that what I'm talking about isn't really talked about a lot. So that's the other thing that we do a lot in pre-launch is that we're moving people in the awareness journey, figuring out where they're starting and where I need to move them to. So I believe it's a mix of when I think about my objections is this seems like everything you just explained feels like work, right? And yeah, <laughs> yep. there is work in running it. a business. Yeah, <laughs> there is some work involved. You can make your work simple, you know, mm-hmm. it's never it's never easy, but you can simplify things. So that would be it. And, you know, is this really worth my time, right? Everything that you're saying, mm. I maybe have had successful launches before. Do I really need to do this? So I would say my people are kind of on the fence about that. So how in your pre-launch content do you help? Do you address those concerns? And this is exactly what we do during pre-launch. Was, yeah. So if it's someone who's worried about the time factor, I'm showing them that how 
what I'm going to show them is actually going to take less time because it is, they actually have not only a system, step-by-step system that they can follow, but I'm teaching them how to use everything that their customers and clients have said and just redistributing it. So instead of sitting behind a blank screen, trying to figure out what the heck am I going to talk about? I actually have this really simple path of what to talk about. And I know exactly what I need to say in these pieces of content. So that would be the first one. And when it comes to, is this worth it? This is where those customer stories come in, right? Where I can tell the stories how, you know, my client, Emily Reagan had her first six figure launch. She was able to go in and I think her first launch I helped her with, she was able to, it was either three times or four times her results. And from there, she was able to go into her first six six figure launch and calling in better clients. So at that Mm -hmm. point, I can start showing people and having time. And something I do during pre-launch as well is I show everyone how to have, you know, case studies, if you will, but doing these as interviews and figuring out different platforms. If you don't have a podcast, like how can we start spreading the word and like to make this even better when you start doing those case study interviews, all of a sudden you have like all of this other social content, right? So there's a whole process behind what I do and show people, but that's exactly what you're talking about. And I'm able to take all of these objections that people have and then start using and creating the content around it, which is naturally shifting beliefs and helping deal with the objections well before my launch. Yeah. Okay. So the two things I heard there was, and you said this earlier on, but you're creating content anyhow. So why not do it strategically? You're spending time like putting stuff out in the world. So let's do it pre-launch style to get better results. And then what a smart way to address concerns by you telling the story of other clients using social proof in that area, even if the story is your own, right? I think that's really smart. I use my own story a lot of times. So if it's, if people are listening and they're like, I don't have a ton, most of us have gone through the process ourselves is to talk about, you know, the results that we've already gotten and seen for ourselves. Yeah. A lot of our listeners are in that boat and they're coaches because of their own lived experience. So they really are their own best case studies. So don't be afraid to let that shine, everybody. You know, the number one concern that folks give me before joining the hive is I call it like the ghosts of failed courses past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this track record of, well, I, you know, I have these seven other programs that I joined and number one, either they weren't as advertised or I didn't follow through or some sort of combination. And what I'm able to say for them is when you have the right foundations in place, you can often go back to those programs that had big gaps and those programs you can implement much more successfully now that you've got a foundation in place in your business. And this is for everybody. So you've heard two examples here of addressing concerns. This can, is so much easier when you understand who your audience is. So if you're sitting there thinking this, I'm going to bookmark this podcast for when I'm more established, right? Or when I have a bigger list or when I've had a bunch of clients, you can start gathering that data and gathering, gathering your customer language now. If nothing else, just by scheduling what we call them spark interviews, just these interviews to get the words of your dream clients. And that can happen regardless of if you just started coaching yesterday or you've been at this like me for 20 years. 
And okay. it's actually easier mm-hmm. if you do it ahead of time, right? Totally. Because you're not dealing right now. I have a couple of people that are in the pre-launch plan program. They're like, I have so many surveys and so much data to sift through when you can slowly start to collect it. And when I first started this business, I just simply asked colleagues who I thought might be a good fit, like, hey, can yeah. I ask you some questions on Voxer and see what you think? So it's even like that. Like, I love a formal interview. Like, I'm a copywriter at heart. But even if you're just like, hey, can I just start asking you a few quick questions and you can transcribe those and start using them in your voice of customer? It's a great way to get the ball rolling without making it seem like a huge job. Okay. So I'd love to just hear from you. This is such a rich conversation. What are some of the big mistakes that coaches make that like stop them from pre-launching at all or stop them from pre-launching properly? This is a great question. Something that you and I talked about before we aired is that they spend so much time on the launch that they ignore the pre-launch. So that is definitely the problem a lot of people have. The second problem is they're not planning out far enough in advance. So if you are starting six weeks before your doors open and you're going to actually, you want to pre-launch, you need to start thinking even beforehand, before that six weeks is up. So two months, three months, like thinking, okay, I actually need to create a plan early, you know, what I see, even with some of my bigger clients that I've worked with on launches is sometimes too, people think they have plans, but they haven't really like, (laughs) I like threw air quotes up. They haven't actually like sat down with a calendar and looked at a calendar and really said, okay, this is when the doors open. This is when we're sending out our webinar fill up emails. This is when we're going to start talking about this, right? Then we're going to think about, okay, these are the assets we're going to need. These are the things we're going to do this time. This is what you have. Like most of the time, it just kind of, we're like, oh, okay, we're going to launch September 1st. And we think, okay, we've planned a date, but we haven't like really, really backed up into that. So that is the mistake that I see most often. And quite honestly, most people are not pre-launching. Like if I think about, you know, totally, most people, they're not really taking the time to do. And yes, you can do something that's super extensive, but even if you haven't done it before, right, it's like adding touches, like thinking about what can I implement this time that makes sense for me, that's in my energy, and then I can build on it next time. So some, I, what I want to definitely leave here with is like, yes, we've talked about a lot of different concepts, but if you just do a, a portion of the things mm-hmm. that we've talked about today, you're going to be ahead of the game so, so much. Oh, no question about that. So if I'm a coach and I don't have a launch coming up because I'm really prioritizing VIP days, power groups, private clients, nothing that really requires a, a big launch, would it make sense to look at my year kind of by quarter? So I'm going to do, we'll call it a push. I'm going to even not use the word launch. I'm going to do a, a client push the last month of every quarter, which means March, right? So then in January, I move into, I start planning so that the third week of January or the first week of February, I can move into my pre-launch and then have that formal push be toward the end of March. And then maybe I could turn around and in April, take a beat, right? And then repeat that process again. Like, would that kind of cycle work for someone who has an offer that they don't sell through a more traditional online launch? Yes. Uh, I have 
uh, people that have gone through my program that have done exactly what you've said. Because what happens too, when we, you know, I started off as a service provider, it almost feels like an evergreen, right? Like an evergreen program, (laughs) if you will. Where Where you're constantly like, Oh, okay, I got to do my customer client work, but then I got to get clients. But then I don't want to be feeling like I'm selling all the time because if I'm selling all the time, then it's noisy and no one's listening to me. So you can use this natural cadence to start filling up your calendar. And the cool part too is if you know how many spots you have, all of a sudden there is you know, there's this natural scarcity, if you will, you're letting people know, okay, I truly only have room for three spots next quarter. If you know, you're going to be one of the people that wants this. Okay. You can be making mention of it, or you can do this push once where you really go into sales mode, you let people know it's happening. And then you can kind of naturally let the energy come back down and you don't feel like you're selling all the time because especially when you are a one-on-one service provider, marketing is such a huge part, you know, the marketing that leads to sales. And then you can take a time where you can like rest and not have to think about it a little bit. At least I know for me thinking about it all the time, it just became a lot of pressure and yeah constantly. And the really beautiful part too, is when you're putting out this like great content, people start naturally finding you. So yes, you're going and doing this outbound, but then you're going to have people that are coming to you and asking you to do stuff. And it just becomes your whole sales process becomes easier over time. Absolutely. I'm going to just piggyback on that mistake you mentioned with launching. Cause I think it's even, it's like more amplified when you have only served private clients. And I don't mean only as though it's less than, it's just like fewer people is why I'm using that word only everybody. But I see a lot of coaches waiting until a client leaves and then it's a scramble like, oh crap, I just had a client leave. I need to find another client. And so then they're forced into tactics, right? Or hacks, or even just a a pressure-filled strategy to fill that one spot instead of really looking at it through this pre-launch lens, where wouldn't it be great to just be in a an easy breezy perpetual pre-launch where you've got a wait list. So when a client leaves, you just tap the wait list and your those spots are always filled. So I love this strategy in particular for folks who don't have a scaled program yet and instead are just offering small groups or one-on-one because it's a, it's a mindset shift more than anything else. Yes, it is. And like you said, it starts to make it feel like so much less pressure when you have that wait list, when people are talking to you and you can really use this momentum to your advantage. Well, I think I'm going to sign up for your program in September. So good job on the interview today. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. It worked. My pre-launch is still working. So... It was very meta what just happened, actually. (laughs) It's funny. Doing this process and help. I actually Uh said this yesterday to my group is I end up buying my own clients programs because I've, I've worked with them and I'll be like, oh no, I don't need this. Right. Like it's, I'm just, if you think about it in a very meta fact, like I, one in particular, I was like, oh no, I actually have experience in this. And the more I helped her with her messaging, I was like, oh, oh crud, like I actually need this. I have all these like preconceived things in my mind that aren't true. And I talked myself into it. And I have a one of my people right now, I had the same situation. And I was like, oh my gosh, like here I am. I'm talking myself into your program by this process. So it, it's yeah. dangerous doing what I do sometimes. <laughs> completely, completely. Yeah. Well, Brenna, thank you so much for coming on the show. If there was one parting thought you wanted to leave our audience with, what would that be? 
In general, I think you just putting yourself out there. I really Mm -hmm. think that it's just in pre-launch is a bit of a visibility push and that I really want to leave people with. I know for me, I started this business when I was 40 years old. I didn't even have social media. I had never done a video. Like there was so much stuff like I felt in my head that I didn't feel worthy or qualified. And it's taken me a few years. I've been in business now for five years, but that like that you truly are worthy, that people need to hear what you have to say and not Mm -hmm. to let life circumstances or what you think about yourself stop you from helping people. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. And thanks for coming on the show. This was such an illuminating conversation. Thank you. All right, folks, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.